Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Well, hello and welcome to episode 145 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here as always with Michaela. And Michaela, as we approach episode 145, I have one bit of advice for you. Okay. Don't I'm all panic. ears. Don't panic. Okay. You know, that's one of my favorite lines of all time. Usually it's it's with another film because uh, this guy runs down the stairs screaming, don't panic, don't panic. But really, it's great advice in general. Just don't panic. It is. It is. That's you true. Know? That's true. It's, it's applicable in a lot of situations, and it's definitely applicable if you are making your way across the galaxy because bad news, your planet just got blown up. Uh, and that's what we're digging into today, Michaela. We are talking about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, this is a story that goes uh, back for a long time, back into the 70s, and it stays alive uh, through, um, I don't know, kind of this collective conscious of, of everyone. This is a story that people really love, people really identify with, and even if you're not familiar with the story, you're definitely familiar with some of the themes of this guide. Absolutely. What I find interesting is this film came out uh, in like 2004, 2005, I want to say, 2005. And when it did, I swore that I had seen it before. I was like, they had to have made this, uh, this, this is probably its second or third rendition. It was one of those things early on where I swore I had seen this. And I hadn't. Because they hadn't made a film about this, but they had made a TV series. There had been a number of books. Um, so, it, you know, Doctor Who was, a, I don't want to say a knockoff of this, but there are certainly a lot of things. If you're a Doctor Who fan, you're going to identify with a lot of thematic similarities in all of this. And it was really interesting because uh, it's almost like visiting an old friend. If you like that kind of genre, if you don't like that kind of genre, this is just going to grate on your nerves for 109 <laughs> minutes. And sorry, not sorry, but that's what's going to happen because it's it's it fills every bit of time with this zeitgeist. That, that's right. I'm not sure that that was the appropriate usage of it there. That's that's true. I just Absolutely. learned what zeitgeist is, everybody. That's <laughs> Brian true, yeah. has explained to me my word of the day is zeitgeist. That's, so. that's right. That is that is the word of the day. 42 is the number of the day. Um, so everyone out there, grab your towel, grab the gin, and let's go. Because we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to come back with a drink. Uh, the drink will be, will be easy. We'll get through that, no problem. Talking about this movie, that's going to be harder. Uh, but let's start with the cocktail. So let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Don't panic, Brian. Don't panic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So where did we get this cocktail from? I have a feeling that this is not the only pangalactic gargle blaster that is out there. In fact, I know that that's true. I think that there are quite a few of them that we looked at. And um, this one really, I think I found it. I want to say I found it. And the thing that got me with it was the the smoking of the bog peat and the fact that it's it's gin, we know we love gin. Uh, there was one that was just coconut, Brian, and I made Ugh. the decision to just not do that for you. So that's uh, that's, that, that's good. That was a good idea. Um, but <laughs> this was... comes from How to Drink on YouTube. Um, it's it's a video that you can watch, uh, and it's really cool. How to Drink, we love them. I think we've used a couple of their stuff in the past mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. as inspiration for our own cocktails. So let's just get down to it, eh? A indeed. Yeah. So this is the Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster. It is the perfect drink to set you off on your journey. Um, it's going to come together uh, kind of simple, but you are going to need some some stuff, I guess, uh, that you might not have or you might not feel inclined to have. And we'll kind of talk you through that and uh, see if we can come up with a solution to get you there or at least close to there. Uh, so basically what you're going to do is you're going to mix this up uh, kind of martini style. So into a shaker tin, you're going to put two ounces of gin. Uh, and then you're going to put three to four ounces of a 20% saline solution. Um, basically what that does, is, think of it as like when you put salt into like your baking 
Uh, it's just going to like make the flavors pop a little bit more. Um, so you'll see saline solutions and cocktails uh, quite a lot, especially in newer, more modern ones. It seems to be uh, pretty in vogue to do. So to do that, you're just going to weigh out some water. Uh, so basically weigh out like, I don't know, like like 200 grams of water and then put in like 20 grams of salt in there and then just kind of stir it until it dissolves. Uh, you can do that. It'll keep for a super long time if you want to put it into an eyedropper. I always just kind of make it up as I need because I don't use it that often. Uh, but that's that's going to be what that is. It's literally, it's just some salt water. So uh, two ounces of gin and then three or four uh, drops or so of that saline solution go into a shaker tin, go ahead and give that a stir with some ice. And then you're going to strain it out into a chilled coupe glass. Uh, then uh, what you're going to do is you're going to top it with a little bit of seltzer, not too much, just uh, maybe like a half ounce or so. It's just going to give it a touch of effervescence. Um, and then you're going to float some Fernet Branca on top, about a bar spoon's worth. So just kind of uh, layer that into a bar spoon and just kind of let it float across the top. It's it's very dark and, and murky looking, uh, but Fernet Branca is delicious. It's an Amaro. It is... Uh, uh, Originally, it was used as like an aperitif, uh, digestif kind of thing. Um, it's a, this Italian Amaro. It's made out of like, I don't know, 300 uh, different botanical ingredients to it. Um, it's kind of chocolatey in a way. It's kind of black licorice in a way. It's kind of delicious and, and weird and really hard to describe. But if you've ever had it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, put a spoon of that in there. It's going to uh, really give this cocktail a lot of body. And then the trick here is you're going to get some bog peat smoke. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, well, that's tricky. That is tricky, I will say. Uh, what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to get yourself some way of smoking your cocktail. That can be like one of those smoking gun things. Uh, it can be like one of those little like wooden pucks that has a little thing uh, you torch on top. But I found on good old Amazon some peat bog fog from Fog Hat. Uh, it's culinary smoking fuel, it says. Uh, and I thought that was going to be the best way to get some bog peat uh, aroma into my cocktail. So go ahead and smoke it with that if you want. Uh, lemon twist for garnish and you're good to go. Like I said, this one is complicated. Uh, it is. Uh, it's really good, actually. Um, it's like this like kind of this umptious martini sort of thing, uh, which is really delicious. I like that, uh, that kind of peat bog uh, aroma you get on the nose. That's kind of neat. Um, if you're familiar with smoky scotches, uh, that's kind of what that is. And then it's this, this very luxurious kind of martini underneath. Um, Michaela, do you have any kind of comments on the way this tastes before I break it down and see if we can make this a little simpler for people? Well, I'm going to quote the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy here and say that the Pangalactic Goggle Blaster is said to be like having your brain smashed in by a slice of lemon wrapped around a large gold brick. Yes, that is that's Does fairly that, accurate. That's fairly accurate. Is that, um, right? There, I mean, I feel like I feel like that's it. That's it. Like it's very boozy. Um, don't let the I mean, salinity of the the salt the the saline mixture throw you off because this is this does not become a salt fest in any. No. You know, we've done a salt fest. We did a sardine drink. Okay, <laughs> this is not that. Um, this is very different. And I, I think that if it, even though the ingredients are a little esoteric, a little hard to find, I think that this is definitely worth it. Um, you were really surprised with how it tasted. Yeah, because I, you know, it's it's just some some gin basically, and then you float the the fernet on there um, and smoke it. So I'm like, I don't know if that's going to taste good at all. I don't know if those flavors are going to pair well together or not. But yeah, I have to say I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. The fernet is almost standing in as um, kind of the vermouth here in this martini riff. And I really liked the way that the kind of the aroma, that smoke of this um, peat uh, smoke sort of worked out in the cocktail. And that was really delicious. Like I said, it's it, that's that's a whole hurdle to get through to get that smoke in there. I totally get that. Um, Fernet is an ingredient that's widely used now in cocktails. You'll see it at every bar menu. It's it's really um, of the time for sure. So you should probably have a bottle of that on hand or uh, think about getting one. And then you can put this together pretty simply. Uh, so the way I would do this if I was going, you know, kind of a an easier way is I would just mix the whole thing up just as a martini i would do the gin the saline solution and the and the fernet in your shaker tin uh with some ice give that a nice stir straight it into your cocktail glass and then i would float maybe just a bar spoons worth or so of a nice smoky scotch something from the islay region um or even like johnny walker uh there so you're going to get a little bit of that peat kind of infusion it's not going to be the aroma Ooh. in the same exact sense but it's going to give you a little bit of that flavor a little bit of that hint um and then still garnish it with a lemon twist just like you did uh with the other one and i think that one's going to get you 
get you pretty close to the ballpark here. It's going to be a lot uh, easier and a lot more manageable. Uh, I was making this uh, right before I sat down to watch the movie, and I, I felt like I was dragging out like 4,000 ingredients and tools and getting out a torch for my smoke and all this stuff. So that was that was a lot of work. That was a lot of work. I need yeah. a little machine uh, that you could stick your face into and just imagine what you want, and it gives it to you. That's that's what I need. That's what Zoe <laughs> that's what no, need. That's what I need. That's what I need. So uh, we, we get one of those for cocktails. That would be good. So uh, I don't know. Any parting thoughts here about the Pan Galactic Gargle Black? Master, Michaela, is this what you need to get on your on your journey? I think it's what everybody needs. Uh, yeah, it it definitely. <laughs> I mean, they start was... screaming when they have it. So. <laughs> they do, they do. It's pretty, it's pretty epically funny. Uh, I, I I will say that it is the opposite. Our, our making of it was the opposite of what happens in the movie because what happens in the movie is like three drops of liquid go into this martini glass, um, and it's clear and it's. Uh, and they take like one sip and scream that we didn't, it wasn't nearly that way. <laughs> so we had 17, uh, ingredients kind of laid out on a table um but you made the drink so it was a lot it was a lot neater than when i make drinks we didn't have <laughs> sticky substances all over the place so that's good that's true that's true so uh take a look we'll have the the cocktail recipe and stuff like that all on our on our website and pictures and and all that fun stuff so give this a try it was it was really fun and definitely play around at least with some uh fernets and maybe pair that up with some gin drinks because i really like that flavor combination so uh mix one of those up michaela we're gonna do that we're gonna go see if we can uh we have the answer to everything 42 let's go see if we can find the question and we'll be right back to chat about this week's film the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Attention, people of Earth. Space Express route. Your planet has been scheduled for demolition. Have a nice day. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Spoiler warning for The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. If you've not yet seen this film, uh, you really have. Uh, you just don't know it. So um, we're going to talk about all of the things. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, you should press pause. You should go make yourself up a pangalactic gargle blaster. And then you can drink that, scream really loud, um, watch this film, come back, and we can chat about it. Absolutely. You've been so warned. You, you have been warned. Uh, don't panic if you've not uh, seen it yet. Uh, you still have time. So this came out in 2005. It was directed by Garth Jennings, and it was written by uh, Douglas Adams, who kind of wrote the the outline, the story here uh, that we're talking. And then Carrie Kirkpatrick came in to do some kind of uh, script uh, touch ups, right, to get it more uh, more uh, movie movie tuned, I guess. So this one stars Martin Freeman as our traveler, Arthur Dent. Uh, his friend, Ford Perfect, is played by most deaf. Zoe Deschanel is Trillian, the Earth girl that he falls in love with at a party and ends up having to rescue. Sam Rockwell is the galactic president, Zaphod Beeblebrox. And Marvin, the paranoid android, is voiced by none other than Alan Rickman, uh, costumed by Warwick Davis. So there you go. We got some got some Harry Potter alums in there. We got uh, we got all sort of people. There's like the six separations of Kevin Bacon all happening within this movie. All these Sorry. people have done all these things together all this time. So uh, what is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Everyone knows it. Uh, even if you've never read it, you're definitely aware of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because it's a big deal. Um, something I didn't realize was that it actually started as a radio show. It wasn't the book first. It was the radio show first in 1978. The book came out in 1979 and then there were like, I don't know, like 100 more books after that. There was a TV show in 1981, a text adventure game in 1984. Uh, that's pretty prominent, actually, because it was one of the very first um, adventure computer games, uh, this Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And then finally, we have the feature film in 2005 that we're going to be talking about today. Michaela, you mentioned something very interesting uh, in our little intro segment there is that uh, you said that you watch this movie and you're like, I've seen that like two or three other versions of this movie uh, what's the deal with that? Um, and weird thing is, is this is the only version of the movie, uh, as far as I know. When we sat down to watch this, my wife and I, my wife said, oh, is this a new version of that? Uh, because apparently everyone thinks there's lots of movie versions of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but that's not true. 
This is like this is like the sci-fi version of Shazam. Yeah. Or Shim Sham or because there's that <laughs> name. Remember, what is that called? It's like the but not the butterfly effect. It's like yeah, the Nelson Ma- the Mandela effect Man- where Mandela people effect. think right. People think things and they're wrong, mm-hmm, but they're mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I-, I swear I swear to all the molecules that I watched this in the theater and I was like, I have seen this before. And then it ended and I was like, I knew that it was going to end like that. Huh? Why? Hmm. (laughs) When? And then I tried to go find uh, the earlier version and I couldn't find it. So I was like, well, this is really strange. And I thought it was some cosmic conscious quest or something. Um, But no, no. I'm so nope. glad that your wife and I were on the same level because uh, we both we both felt that way. I'm glad I wasn't alone. That's right. Absolutely. So apparently a lot of people felt that way. But uh, this was my first time seeing the movie. And we're going to kind of talk about our our experience with this franchise uh, kind of as we work our way through this. But let's get into the movie uh, here a little bit. We are going to do our darn best to keep this uh, straight because uh, the movie does a really good job of kind of explaining things the way that it's using kind of uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide here is like the survival guide. It kind of animates these things. So when it's talking about stuff like the Babblefish, like it'll pop up with the the Hitchhiker's Guide and kind of explain what it is and how it works and things. So it's kind of like literary um, in that sense. And it makes it a lot easier to keep straight. The Babelfish is small, yellow, leech-like, and probably the oddest thing in the universe. It feeds on brainwave energy, absorbing unconscious frequencies and excreting a matrix of conscious frequencies to the speech centers of the brain. The practical upshot of which is that if you stick one in your ear, you instantly understand anything said to you in any language. We don't have that benefit here, uh, being this audio version of the podcast, but we're going to do our best. So let's get this movie started off. Arthur Dent, played by Martin Freeman, is in his pajamas. He's in a bathrobe and he is laying in front of a bulldozer. Please don't bulldoze my house. Um, And I love this because like the, I don't know, like the guy in charge of the construction or something uh he, lo- he looks down at arthur Dent and he says hey do you know what's going to happen to this bulldozer uh if it has to run over you and arthur's like no what will happen and he's like nothing nothing will happen to this bulldozer if it has to run over you and i love that i love this way we're getting this thing started yeah so uh there's a theme here uh and that it, arthur dent discovers that his house is to be immediately demolished to make way for like a high a highway which in england they call a bypass okay and he's like this isn't cool guys this is my house you can't just do this and the the like the workman is like look you have had access to these plans for months and he's like i didn't have access to them i had to go into a basement i had to go into a dungeon to see these things and i just saw them and and he's like look i I have no sympathy for you. You read the fine print. You you should have done your homework. It's happening today. And he's like, absolutely not. Don't take my house. Don't, don't destroy it. And, um, and then, uh, uh, his friend Ford perfect just kind of shows up and is like, Hey, uh, and it, I love Ford's characters played by Mos Def. Um, one of my favorite characters. He's so weird at the beginning. You know, he's, that something is not quite he's pushing right. a cart of like 5,000 beers. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Yeah, right. And he's like, we got to go to a pub. Uh, and Arthur thinks, hey, that's fine. Uh, we can go to the pub. Uh, you know, the the bypass team that was going to bulldoze him, they're going to lunch or they're going to a coffee break. They're like, whatever. <laughs> so they, yeah. so he well, thinks like, he has some like, time. They're like, we're going to drink. Yeah. So he gives the construction guys the beers and he's like, oh, we got to, we have until they finish drinking these beers so we can go to the pub and, and get ourselves a drink. Um, Cause he thinks it's going to take them a super long time. But of course, you know, by the time they're finished with this, this one drink at the pub, they're already like they're in the house down because they just tore that's, through those beers. I think that's, that's right. Good. It is awesome. Foreman, six pints of bitter and quickly. The world's about to end. Six points coming up. Keep the change. You got about 10 minutes to spend it. It's three pints each at lunchtime. Uh, before it is like, hey, everybody, you know, he drops like a, a, a large amount of money on the pub uh, and says, hey, you know, at, drinks for everyone because it's the end of the world. And um, Arthur doesn't really believe him at first, but he's like, look, you're going to need a towel. <laughs> go get a towel. Uh, we we got to go. You saved my life uh, years ago when I was here. Um, he and we see this scene of him like saying hello to a bus and almost getting hit by it. Uh, but then Arthur saves him. And so that's how they became friends years ago. And Ford tries to explain that um, he's actually an, uh, an alien 
and he was a journalist and he works for like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy folks. It's kind of like Froder's but way cooler. Mm -hmm. And he says, Hey, um, I've been here for a little while and you got to know today is the day. Not only is your house being destroyed, but earth is also going to be demolished. And coincidentally enough, it's going to be demolished by this uh, race of people called the Vogons who uh, are making a hyperspace bypass. So uh, the, the coincidentness, coincidentness, that's not a word. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know, but it's I do very like serendipitous. I do, it's, it's serendipitous. That, that's, that's a, a real word. word. We'll, we'll refer to the hitchhiker's guide for what word to use right now. Um, I really like, cause they kind of talk about the Vogons. There are these people that are building this bypass and, uh, kind of the narrator here, the narrator is Stephen Fry, you know, comes on and is like, the Vogons aren't uh, necessarily evil people, but they're highly bureaucratic. Cause it basically just describes them as like the most, uh, red tape sort of, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of governmental uh, sort of body uh, of all time. And one of the bad things about Vogons is apparently like to recite poetry, which will make you go insane and your head explode, um, all that sort of stuff. So that's going to come into play a little bit later. So we learn a little bit about them. We also learn about uh, Trisha, Trisha McMillan. Uh, we learn that and uh, some kind of flashback there is they're pondering, I guess, uh, their last moments on Earth. You get uh, Arthur is thinking back to this party where he met this girl. She was kind of strange, uh, wanted him to just run off there at like this costume party kind of thing, which is pretty fun. Um, Trisha is played by Zoe Deschanel. And uh, so we get a kind of a, a insight as to who she is because she's going to stumble into our journey a little bit later. Um, and we're also getting introduced to one Zafid Bibelbrox, the newly elected president. Hey, excuse me. <laughs> this guy boring you? Why don't you talk to me instead? I'm from a different planet. <laughs> It's true. You want to see my spaceship? <laughs> you want to see my spaceship? I mean, really, what kind of a chat up line is that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Zaphid, um, he he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know. He He's like a he's the president of the galaxy, but he's a real not smart person. Um, he's very showy. He, he talks in taglines the whole time. He winks at everybody. Um, they also met at this party, right? So Trisha and Arthur were having a conversation. Trisha's kind of like, hey, want to get out of here? Let's go to Madagascar. And Arthur is kind of this like super well-meaning guy. He's like, I, I, you, you just love him because he's such a kind, like genuine person, but he doesn't really quite know what to do with it. He's not, uh, he, he doesn't know what to do with Trisha in the sense that he, you can tell he likes her immediately, but he doesn't know how to like meet her energy and be like, yeah, and be really, um, uh, spontaneous and things like that and, and brave to like, Hey, let's, let's do it. Let's go to Madagascar. But Zaphod Beeblebrox, he's just like this uh, total, like all he is is fluff. And so he comes in and he's like, Hey, uh, want to be in my spaceship? <laughs> and, and honestly, I, we, I don't know why Trisha goes with him because she seems like a smart person. And he, this is a line that a lot of women have heard, but she's like, yeah, <laughs> show me your spaceship, dude. <laughs> it must be the long hair. I don't know. It's, it's the long, it's the long blonde hair. It is the, uh, Sam Rockwell, uh, persuasion i guess uh, of it all but you know uh, trisha wanted to go on an adventure right she asked uh, arthur to go to madagascar uh, i think it was madagascar and um you know arthur's like uh well i have i have a job i can't do that we can't go on these adventures maybe we can go to i don't know for like cornwall or something you wanted to go just like in england she's like yeah that sounds that sounds great so when you get to, you get whisked off to a an alleged spaceship maybe that's that's what you go for so that's kind of the introduction here uh to our characters which is kind of neat that it happens kind of in this flashback that our uh our main character our protagonist here arthur actually knew all of these people before he stumbles into them but uh, as it turns out uh your friend uh, for perfect uh, was not lying. He was not making up the end of the earth. I like the kind of the the barman there at the pub uh, is like, uh, what should we do? Should we lay down and put bags on our on our heads? Which I thought was was pretty funny. Uh, kind of in that don't look up <laughs> sort of vein. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, sure, go ahead. And the barman's like, will that help? And he's like, no. <laughs> so they go out. Not at uh, all. What is what do what do they do? Ford sticks his thumb up. He has like a cool cool ring on it, and he says, "We are hitching a ride out of here because all of these scary looking little spaceship nodule uh, tower things come and surround the Earth uh, and uh, poof, just like that." Yeah. So 
I really want to talk about some of the special effects in this film, too, because mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. So this is only yes. 2005. So um, we say only at the time it was like, you know, amazing. But this this movie held up really well, I got to say, because it's been it did. almost 20 years later and it still looks gorgeous the colors i don't know how uh they filmed this but the color differentiation in some of the other scenes that we're going to talk about is huge i thought that this was amazing um yes what Mm -hmm. and and the the symbolism those 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 machine ships that like cover the earth they're all office buildings did you notice that Mm -hmm. yeah they're all they're all like they're all like skyscrapers they're just these tall skinny things and you see them kind of like coming over like different parts of the earth and it's just making like this perfect little like square uh shadow on it and it all gets like like all the way around um and Mm -hmm. yeah you mentioned you mentioned the visual effects and as i was watching this i was like i you know i was kind of i don't know like a half hour in and i'm like i'm gonna pull this up and and look and see because this definitely got nominated for the visual effects academy award and that was not the case um uh king kong uh won the visual effects academy award that year uh chronicles of narnia and war of the worlds were also uh nominated but there were only three then had it been five like today this definitely i think would have at least gotten a nomination but uh kind of the creature work here the special effects the the cgi the practical stuff it all looks really good it sure does it sure does and so after the earth has exploded um or or imploded it, the way that they destroy earth i think is also really beautiful because it's <laughs> it just it just kind of it just kind of poofs and there's a there's like stardust and that's it um and so uh ford is like hey uh are you okay <laughs> the war and he's like well i'm the last person that that's ever going to live uh that's i'm the last human in existence he thinks um but then they they escape onto this Vogan ship and they're about to get read or Vogan poetry. In fact, they do start to be read Vogan poetry because the Vogans find them. Uh, apparently, people don't like hitchhikers. It's it, it's kind of like uh, now you wouldn't like somebody grabbing onto your car and like going on for a ride without your permission. I, I guess it's the same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But they capture them. They cover them with like cellar tape, which is weird because this is alien technology. They can blow up earth, but they have cellar tape. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, they, they start to read the poetry. Apparently nothing is worse. It's like the third worst thing in the world, uh, is having a Vogan read poetry to you. Uh, and I think that that gives the Vogans a bad rap because they love bureaucracy, but they also love art. They love art. That's right. They are uh, artists <laughs> at at heart. And uh, yeah, as it turns out, uh, they're going to do that. They're going to do a bit of interrogation, a bit of uh, poetry uh, slam uh, kind of thing. And then they decide, what are you going to do with these hitchhikers? Throw them off the ship. I really like they they toss um, Arthur and Ford off of the ship. They say that uh, you can hold your breath for about 30 seconds in space. Uh, but unfortunately, space is really, really big. Uh, so. So the odds of you surviving and for longer than 30 seconds is uh, is not very great. Uh, but luckily for these two, they get tossed out uh, and they get picked up by uh, our newly elected president, right? Zaphid uh, and his fun little red ship flies by, picks them up, and uh, we're on our journey. And Arthur finds out that he's not alone, not the last Earthling. No, no, because for some reason, Trillian fell, Trillian or Trisha, she fell for that line, hook, line, and sinker. And she <laughs> Zaphid went, was not lying about his spaceship. Zaphid was, it was not, not lying a euphemism. about his spaceship. It was not a it euphemism. Was not. It wasn't. I mean, it was not because he's got nothing but a spaceship. Let's be clear about that. Um, he has two faces, we find out. He, we do. We do. He <laughs> And like, it, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde, but they know about each other kind of situation. Siamese twin nastiness like his head literally like lifts up and the neck becomes the face and he gets like a third arm that will like punch you not not cool but uh which which again i'm just i'm just wondering trisha what were you thinking because as soon as the as soon as you saw that that was happening maybe get off the ship i don't know but it's a good thing he didn't i guess she didn't i guess because the rest of the story wouldn't happen so she like uh uh, she's wearing shorts and like a T-shirt at the beginning of this. And then she decides she's got to change and she changes into this really what today would be considered a really cute jumpsuit. Um, but I remember thinking at the time, the first time I saw it, that the costuming of this was really interesting uh, because we see uh, Ford Perfect is in like this white kind of 
linen suit kind of thing <laughs> and mm -hmm. arthur is still in his bathrobe and he doesn't ever not be in his bathrobe it's freaking amazing <laughs> and like just whimsically like funky like they they don't they and she's in like this blue kind of jumpsuit thing this light blue jumpsuit it pairs beautifully with zoe deschanel's uh blue eyes but when they see each other uh arthur is pleased and also really unpleased and he can't help but be like yeah really mm, okay he's this guy zaffid Beeblebrox. he's got two heads what else does he have to have <laughs> You know, it's like it, yeah. Arthur's trying to fix this moment to be clever. And Trisha's like, that's not cool. Don't be don't be like that. And it's like, well, yeah, you did kind of go off with this dude who <laughs> apparently signed the death warrant to Earth. That's that's right. Yeah, we're going to find out he signed the death warrant to Earth. Uh, what what is Zappa Beeblebrox up to? What is his what is his real deal? Right. So he's got these these fun little cubes uh, that he's feeding into his uh, computer. Um, and we find out through a little bit of a flashback and uh, some excellent uh, animation and some voiceover work from uh, Helen Mirren that uh, basically Zappa Beeblebrox is up to finding uh, what is the ultimate question in the galaxy, right? He has this little like data cube uh, that shows him that apparently uh, like a million years ago, someone asked this uh, supercomputer uh, what the answer to everything was. And of course, the computer says 42. Um, if you know anything about the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you maybe don't know anything about it, you've probably heard that, right? The answer to everything is 42. Uh, and that, I guess, is the case. But the problem is is, is no one bothered to ask what the uh, what the question was. Uh, so the answer to everything is 42. But what is the question? So that is what Zaffid is really trying to figure out, right? He's trying to run down what this uh, what this question was. So so we know the answer. It's kind of like Jeopardy, I guess, a little uh, backwards thinking. So that is where where he is going. But we're going to run into some trouble because, you know, in your pursuit of that ultimate question, uh, you're going to go and run into. I don't know. I don't know if he's an enemy, uh, a, a frenemy. Uh, I don't know. But I do know that he is playing by uh what's his name uh john malkovich, john malkovich. <laughs> huma, huma kavula uh who might have the uh answers we need so that is kind of the next stop on this journey um uh there on our spaceship we also meet someone else uh marvin the paranoid or the clinically depressed paranoid android voiced by alan rickman i can't um, I've only seen this movie one time, um, and I already can't imagine anyone else in the whole world for all time other than Alan Rickman having voiced this character. I've been talking to the ship's computer, and it hates me. No. Absolutely. Uh, his comedic timing is amazing, given the fact that it's uh, it's kind of like an animated uh uh, film right like as a as a voice actor of something uh you really are relying on someone else to make all the movements work uh so i don't know how warwick davis and alan rickman came together to like plan this out or but it is absolutely perfect i didn't know uh until researching for the pod that it was warwick davis and it makes so much sense um that they uh they, they paired them together because they're both so amazing at that um kind of uh, this the the just the timing of pairing the the words that they're using with like the gestures and given that he's a rope work davis is in this robot kind of thing right like he's kind of got this humpty dumpty uh kind of cadence when he walks uh, he's got this ginormous head and it's all black and white except for the little green eyes um that glow mm, and it's so cute but um we got to talk about humala sorry huma kavula huma 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 kavula yeah huma that's kavula. Right. they're they're not enemies they they were opponents of the presidential race so they're kind of like enemies it's kind of like today where it's like oh we got the good guys and the bad guys um although in this case i don't know if we can really identify which one is which but huma kavula is an amazing character played by john malkovich um i really loved this kind of side side story because they go to uh vilt Valdo six um, yep. which is where uh, Huma Kavula lives. Um, Huma Kavula is a, like a, like a, like a pastor, like a minister. Uh, and he believes uh, very, very um, fervently that uh, there is a God that is sneezing or something. <laughs> They're all going to be sneezed. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the great white handkerchief is going to come save them all. Um, 
the um, symbolism there is is amazing. I thought it was really great because it looks like you're going into like a Methodist church. It's really what it looks like. Um, but then you meet Huma Kavula and he is not at all what he actually looks like. Uh, they're like having yep. dinner with him. He's wearing these glasses. He takes them off. He has no eyeballs. It's really creepy. Um, and then he like starts to walk literally across the table uh because he is not like a normal tall person um even though that's what he looks like he's like half robot and it's really creepy and gross uh and he's like hey we i've got this cube um i i want to go and and uh i want to go to magrathea which is where um zaphod beeblebrox thinks that that is uh where for the question, the that's question where the question is, was right? originally asked. Yeah, that's right, where he thinks yeah. he's, he can get it. Yeah, I really like um the, the character design of Huma Kavula. Yeah, it's weird because, yeah, like you mentioned, he takes his glasses off, no eyes, and you think that's as weird as it's going to get. But then, no, he kind of like stands up on the table. He's got like a hundred little gold legs. And I mean, we should have been tipped off in fairness. John Malkovich is playing this character. So there's going to be something super weird <laughs> about the character, right? John Malkovich yeah. uh, only that's does right. one thing, and that's play real weirdos. So that that's that's who. So he, he basically makes makes a bargain and i really like kind of the back and forth where they're talking about the the presidential election because it keeps showing like uh this like i don't like election poster for zaffin and he's just doing like the little like finger guns <laughs> like at the thing and smiling and uh that's kind of kind of pretty great but he basically makes a deal right he says i will give you this cube with the 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 destination of uh, this place you're trying to get to um if you get me this weapon this pov gun uh, that sounds good uh but they end up just stealing the cube basically uh and getting uh getting chased out of there but uh, not everyone is going to make it out a-okay. That is Trillian. She's going to get uh, taken, uh, and unfortunately, she's going to get sentenced uh, to some sort of creepy death. <laughs> yeah, some sort of creepy death. And again, uh, this is where the Vogans come in, right? Because they are the ones holding her. Um, and so Arthur, Ford, and uh, Zaphod are like, hey, what do we do to release our friend? And Zaphod's like, hey, man, not the president. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> and they're like, oh, you need these. Uh, release the prisoner on the order of the president's uh, forms. And and so they think they get the right form and they go back in line. And the, there's this whole thing about being British. So you know how to queue. The queue is like a million lines long. It, it It's it's you know, the, the race against time, we think for sure Trillian is going to be cut into a million pieces uh, mm -hmm. and we're not going to save her. Um, and of course they get up there and they're like, no, this is the wrong form. The one you need is blue. And like, there's no sense of urgency like at all. And, <laughs> and I have to say, I definitely felt triggered watching this part. Cause I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> the president is right there. Why can't you just do this? But it all works out at the very end. Um, and they get they they do get uh, Trillian back and she's okay, uh, much to the dismay uh, of of the Zogons Vogons because I'm pretty sure that they took a, a little bit of joy in just torturing everybody in that line. That's right. Yeah, I, I really like this uh, section here. It's like the uh, Galactic DMV, uh, basically. And uh, yeah, Arthur is like, he's like, oh, I'm British. I know this. I can I can queue. I'm good at queuing. Um, so he goes and stands in line and then they they kind of push their way forward there with the president and all this stuff with the line. But they get they get Trillian out of there. That's good. But uh, she finds out, right? She sees the death warrant and uh, sees the death warrant for the planet and sees that uh you know our our very own our very own galactic president zaphid uh just signed it away because he just thought someone wanted his autograph he didn't read it just signed his name to it and uh therefore triggered the destruction of earth so that's not great uh but what is great is our team now has this cube so they can go to uh what is it margarethia is that what it's called Ma Magrathea. They're on their way to Magrathea. Uh, and it's really funny because uh, they, they use their ship there. The what is it? The Heart of Gold. Uh, they go and they have it's called like the I don't know, like the improbability uh, jump or something. Um, the ship just changes into a bunch of weird things and it can go anywhere. But now it has the coordinate so it can get to Maga. What is that? Magrathea. Uh, and they get there. Uh, but someone pops up and he's like, hey, uh, welcome to Magrathea. We have a welcoming gift for you. And it's two missiles to shoot you out of the sky. We hope you enjoy your gift and we will be uh, monitoring your progress, uh, which is pretty great. <laughs> uh, so, so what are you going to do? Missiles are coming. Uh, so you make another jump. But luckily, uh, they jump back to the same exact place. But everything has changed. When you make a jump in this thing, everything's changed. So like they jump like the one time and they're like these little like wool 
uh, sort of uh, creatures. Yeah, like they, crocheted they get, yarn things. They, get, they, get, they do once. They're like they're like little tiny. They get they jump once and they're all like eating cereal or something. I don't know. A bunch of a bunch of weird stuff happens. But when they get back to Agrathea, uh, something real weird is happening because those missiles now have turned into a bowl of what are they hydrangeas? I think hydrangeas or petunias a, or petunias, something. Petunias. A, a bowl of, a bowl of flowers and a whale <laughs> and a whale uh, very random very random yeah yeah it's very sad so the bowl of petunias like crashes uh against the ship and um uh, nothing happens and then the whale it's heavy so it 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 goes down to the planet and and dies and i do love again the writing and the idea of this is just so far-fetched and and uh, amazing because they they talk about like well the whale came came into existence and its first thought is what am I huh what am I doing huh am I flying am I swimming and then he crashes and dies and it's actually very dark but very funny. It is important to note that suddenly and against all probability a sperm whale had been called into existence several miles above the surface of an alien planet. Since this is not a naturally tenable position for a whale, this innocent creature had very little time to come to terms with its identity. This is what it thought as it fell. <laughs> it is it is very dark, yeah. The the story itself here is pretty dark. It's it's pretty funny, it's it's pretty dry. Um, you know, kind of you know, British sense of humor uh here in this story. And yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy, and hopefully we're doing it any sort of justice here and describing it. But basically, our team now is made it to Magrathea. Uh they get there, they land, and uh they're trying to figure out where they need to go, right? They're trying to go find uh A, this uh kind of point of view gun. They're trying to find the the question that was asked. They have a lot of stuff to find. Um, and there's this weird portal. Um, Trillian uh, is not phased by this. She just jumps into the portal um, and she's followed uh, pretty quickly by Zaphid and Ford. Uh, but Arthur, uh, he is a bit of, a, uh, I don't know, a worrier, I guess. Arthur says, I'm not going to jump into that weird portal. But eventually he summons up the courage uh, to go through it. But he was a little bit too late because it turns off right, right in time. So Arthur is left stranded with Marvin, the paranoid android there uh to be rescued by my favorite uh character my favorite uh kind of performance in this whole thing is slarda bartfast uh played by none other than bill nye uh excellent excellent in this but now our crew separated michaela that's bad that is bad uh so um i want to talk a little bit about this because i i agree this is probably my favorite part of the movie uh because slarda bartfast is one of these planet builders apparently uh you can just buy, he, I don't know, you can buy a Norway. planet. He built, he built Norway. Norway. I mean, he's like, well, you know, well, I did my part. I mean, I'm not <laughs> the one who made Earth all, all on its own. But It was a team um, effort. <laughs> it was a team effort. And uh, and he's like, hey, do you want to do you want to see um, the shop floor? <laughs> and so the vastness of the universe in this, I'd love like, I'd love to hear what like really the great minds of the universe, like the Brian Coxes and like the Stephen Hawking thought when they saw this film. Mm -hmm. uh, if they ever saw this film, because the idea that there is a shop floor somewhere where like Earth and Mars are like being built or rebuilt is amazing to me. But they've got this like it, it's like a cherry picker <laughs> that they sit on, that they stand in. It's like a uh, and it takes them with like one arm everywhere all over. And so they're like, oh, we made Earth. We're rebuilding it. Uh, we, we've got like a prototype. And and so we're seeing the mountains be built. We're seeing that they're they're like, well, we're almost finishing the oceans now. And you see like a dude with a giant hose <laughs> like <laughs> filling the ocean. It's so great. And it's so fantastical and yet it totally works. And I thought this is really where I thought the special effects were just amazing because they're, mm -hmm. they're kind of floating around in this space and it doesn't work if you think about the mathematics of it, like at all, but they're able to like go all over the earth and he's showing him, uh, you know, he's, it's, Slaughter Bart Fest is showing Arthur, you know, England and uh, the Himalayas and the oceans. And it's like, Oh, well, we, we created this and we've got this new version of Earth and we're almost done. We're almost done with it. Um, and uh, it's it's really a fantastical journey that Arthur gets to see that the other team, the other the other of his friends don't get to see because they're busy uh, having a conversation uh, that does not go well with Deep Thought, who's played by the amazing voice of Helen Mirren. Um, 
Uh, mm -hmm. Deep Thought is the supercomputer who answered the question. Uh, so when they go there and they're like, hey, uh, have you come up with a question yet? She's like, no, I've been watching TV. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, no. I made, I made another computer to do that. <laughs> they're in the wrong place. And of course, Safed Beeblebrox is like, oh, well, I, I guess I'll go figure out what else to do with my life because I've spent my whole life trying to figure <laughs> out this question. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, it's not all bad news, right? So he spent this spent this whole entire movie trying to find this question and basically figures out that he's been uh, going down the wrong path this whole time and just kind of abandons uh, that hope. But I guess good news is they uh, did find that POV gun uh, that was mentioned earlier, right, that they were supposed to make the swap for. So now they have have this gun, which seems pretty useful, right? You can uh, shoot someone with it and then it shows them basically they get like the insight to what your point of view was on something i guess it would be good at uh, ending arguments maybe and that's kind of what happens there with uh between trillion and um uh, uh zaphid there but the the gun is going to come in uh into play here in just a minute but you know on the other side of this portal right you have arthur you have um slardabart fast uh going through learning about earth and uh Bart fast says hey i can i can take you down to to earth uh, 2.0 you know we've been working on working on building it you know since the first one got destroyed you know just in case let's go down and take a look and they they kind of land and uh it's arthur's house right it's uh all spick and span he's like he's like yeah it's it's perfect just just the way that it was so he goes inside um and who does he find there uh but his buddies uh everyone's there they're having some sort of feast and there's these two little mice who i guess are the embodiments of like the creators of everything uh which is which is pretty neat so it's kind of fun that they're these uh, two little mice. But uh, what they've decided to do is uh, they think that that question was maybe originally asked on Earth. So so what do you do? You cut open Arthur's head, you steal his brain, and see if you can find the answers there. Now, uh, I don't know why they also didn't think that maybe they could have done that to uh, Trillian, right? Uh, she was also one of the uh, people on Earth, so I don't know why she got off the hook. Uh, She's here, got pretty but... eyeballs. That's well, why. I, I guess that's <laughs> And they were like, what... well, we'll save the blue eyes. That's <laughs> well, fine. We'll, we'll we'll save Zoe Deschanel uh, and sacrifice Martin Freeman here in this instance. So uh, he gets strapped to a chair. They're going to cut open his brain uh, because these mice want it. But Arthur's not going to give up without a fight, is he, Michaela? I don't think so. No, nothing a tea kettle can't solve. <laughs> that's and right. so that's what he does. He crushes them. Mm. That seems like it could have ramifications somewhere down the line, potentially. I don't know. <laughs> The thing about this whole thing that I, I, I missed the first time I watched this was that um, Slardabart Fest has to know what's going on. He like he's like, uh, so uh, I'll be outside, uh, Miss, Miss, Miss and Mrs. Mice. And they're like, that's fine. And so they're and, and apparently these mice are the most smart, uh, most high powered beings on Earth um, mm -hmm. behind. There. So they're the smartest. The second are the are they're the most intelligent. The second most intelligent are all the dolphins that just like left one day with a note saying so long and thanks for all the fish. And then humans, uh, which I I take exception to because I think we're way further down on the list of intelligent life than fair, than fair. we think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Arthur he crushes the poor mice with tea kettles and and now they're these they they're, they're little they're the little girls again. <laughs> they look like little girls. They look like young children uh but they're like ah mm. <laughs> i can't believe you did that to us <laughs> That's right. and then they they're, disappear they're like a million years old they disappear right. yeah they get crushed they get crushed with the tea kettle but but yeah i guess everything everything is solved kind of i guess right so uh they all they all come to you they all kind of apologize like right like trillion apologizes for uh you know i don't i don't know i don't she didn't really have anything to apologize for but she says she's sorry uh so that's nice i guess um and arthur says that's okay everyone uh it's coming together one last hurrah and they go back outside uh but uh bad news the vogons are there they're still they're still all agile agitated as all get out they're going to wage war i guess to get arthur and crew but uh luckily they have that pov gun so when marvin the clinically depressed paranoid android shoots uh these vogons with this gun they see things there uh they get too depressed to fight anymore they get shuffled off and slardabart fast says uh arthur you done good let me put you back on earth 2.0 everything will go back to the way that it was but arthur says nah me and trillion we're out to explore the galaxy that's right. Uh, and so um, the Heart of Gold crew decides that there's like, hey, Ford says, I know a restaurant at the end of the universe. And they're like, let's go. Um, and it's so funny because Bill Nye's character, Slaughter Bart Fest, is like, well, you know, we've decided we're so close to finishing. We might as well finish Earth. Uh, 
So it'll be here when you get back, which is great. It's always nice to know you, you have a home to go back to, right? Um, right? And so they they start up the heart. I don't know how any of that works, um, but they become, I don't know, like six or seven things as they're going across the universe. And of course, uh, uh, Marvin is, uh, we think he dies, right? When he, he gets shot. Um, yeah. and that's very sad, but then he, mm -hmm. then he, I don't know, wakes up and is okay. I guess he was too depressed to die. He couldn't even give that up. He was like, no way. Um, but he's like, no, no one cares, but we're <laughs> the, the restaurants on the other side of the universe. So they end up going the other way. Um, and I love this last, the very last sequence of kind of the improbability, uh, drive that shoots, um, because the very last thing that the ship becomes is, uh, the face of um, Douglas Adams, who unfortunately mm. passed away before the film uh, was completed and was seen. So he never got to see his uh, kind of creation on, on the big screen, um, which makes me really sad. But I was I was really set, happy to see that they paid homage to him in that way, um, mm -hmm. because that was a really it's, it's it very much tugged on the old heartstring. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, yeah, and that that's kind of where the movie ends. Uh, none of that probably made uh, that much sense. There's a lot of very wacky uh, predicaments, a very a lot of wacky names of places. The way that they travel is very wacky. It's very hard to describe. But um, one thing that is really neat about um, the movie, this the story, I'm assuming, um, I've I've not ever read the book. Um, I'm kind of familiar with the the story of it a little bit, but um, I just I, I think that it's neat that it's kind of this uh, this little like galactic hop. And I really like the way that the movie was constructed, where it's you're kind of like looking at this like visual um, sort of uh, like like emergency plan kind of thing. It's it's like animated. It pops up as like this animated survival guide, and I'll kind of show you through uh, some things like the way that things are working and that. And it's very witty and uh, very dry sounding. Um, like I said, Stephen Fry is uh, doing the narration uh, here. So anytime a section like that pops up or something needs explained, uh, he comes on to do it. And I think that it, it worked really well, actually, as as a movie. And it was a long time coming. You know, obviously, two thousand five, all the way from you know, the kind of the original radio drama and stuff there. But uh, I don't know. It was really good. It was really funny. It looks really, really good. Um, and something we didn't even talk about. You mentioned it very briefly there at the end. Uh, the dolphins all leave because they're the the smartest things on the planet. The the whole opening of the film, like the opening credit sequence is just like this musical number by these dolphins saying, thank you for the fish. And so long, so long, off. so long, so long, so long. And thanks for all the fish. It's it's pretty amazing. Uh, whoever got to film that stuff uh, had a good time uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, that is the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So, uh, Michaela, did you have any experience? Have you ever read this book or uh, did you watch the other versions of the movies that didn't exist? That didn't exist. Existed? I don't, um, I don't know. No. Oh, I, I have not. So now uh, it, it just inspired me to to actually get I've just recently gotten back into reading and become a reader. I used to read all the time uh, and I have no life. So um, this is on my list of things to do. I really loved this. The first time I saw this film, it was in the theater and that was the only time I'd seen it. Um, before uh, the sake of this podcast, watching it. And mm. I remember thinking it was good. I remember not being completely blown away. And I, I am wrong. I, I, you know, I don't know why I didn't absolutely love it last time because I really enjoyed it this time around. And maybe it was because I was too young um, to really understand uh, kind of the implications uh, of what it was and how meaningful it was to the world. Because again, I, I mean, there's so many things now in the newer versions of like Doctor Who that really seem to get a lot of their ideas from this. And this was mm -hmm. so much more than a movie, as you say, right? It's the books. It was a show before that. It was a radio show before that. Like, um, and the, the idea of just space travel and the fact that Earth was the question. Like it's, and, and thinking about it in that holistic kind of, heart cave way and very nostalgic and yet um, expansive as the universe uh, that uh, will never get old to me. So I'm, I'm really excited to uh, get into the books. Um, there are, there were five, I think originally, and now there's like 456. So uh, it might be, it might take me a minute, but you what to, about you? you? To, this you have to do that. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never read the books. Um, I'm actually, I'm interested to go back in. Um, I'm sure that it's available somewhere. I haven't looked into it, but that original kind of radio drama, because I really like um, radio dramas, and you know, obviously, like like 
the podcast medium you know that we're that we're mm. talking on now so i'm interested to see if i can find like actually that original saying and then uh dig into the books because yeah this uh the story these stories these characters are very influential they have played a a huge major part um in uh popular culture from you know the late 70s to today if, if you go to the wikipedia page for hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy there's like i don't know like an entire like pages worth of uh things that it has inspired and and all that stuff i'm gonna name a couple of them here um babblefish which i mentioned earlier is the that online translator tool that comes directly uh from this the babblefish there uh, you actually get the little babblefish scene in this it's like this little yellow fish looking guy goes into martin freeman's ear looks very uncomfortable that's not how i would like to translate things um coldplay an album we talked about on drink the music took their title for their song 42 um as well as uh, another song i think um you know, from this, from this uh, work here, uh, Radiohead, my favorite band, uh, the album, OK Computer, uh, comes from Zaffod talking to his computer, right? OK, computer, let's go. Um, and then obviously Paranoid Android, you know, kind of their um, probably most notable uh, track from that album comes right here from Marvin. Uh, homages and Lost and Doctor Who, like you mentioned, Star Trek, mm -hmm. the X-Files. Uh, everything is taking inspiration and paying homage to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I don't know how Douglas Adams did it. Uh, he was ahead of his time um, in the way that the story came together and was told for sure. I am uh, I feel very terrible about myself that I don't have more experience with this. I plan to rectify it very soon. I like that idea. We'll do a drink, a drink, the radio drink, show, drink, drink, the drink, the audiobook. We'll That's right. That. That'll be amazing. Uh, no, I, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think, um, I I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad though, that we were wrong in this Mandela effect thinking that we had seen this film, uh, because I, I think that they did it right. Um, I feel like they, they 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 don't and i hope they don't make it make another one for a while um because i think that this paid really good homage to all of those things that you just said right so mm -hmm. uh this this does not need uh another uh rehatching for for at least another 20 years guys i hope Holly, hollywood's not listening to me they're in the middle of their sag stuff but that's what they should be doing is not worrying about this because this one's fine they don't need to mess it up it's not broken <laughs> that's right absolutely um yeah and it was it was kind of surreal to watch it it was like a it's like a love actually uh reunion uh here between it sure was. And, and bill nye and uh, alan rickman it was like the the gang was all back together uh there for that so um yeah it was really good uh like i said the the story the way we just described it probably doesn't make a lot of sense but if you're into kind of this kind of really like super quirky uh humor uh or if you if you like this the story of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and you've not seen the film, go check it out. It's it's really great. Uh, you're gonna have to probably run it from your streaming service or uh, get it some way. I actually rented it from the library through their digital uh, streaming platform. So uh, maybe that's a good option to to get your movies out there too. So um, give it a watch. It's really funny. Um, it's it's really good. It's really well made and uh, yeah pretty great i'm glad to have gotten to to see this so thanks for putting it on to the list michaela and make sure if you're going to be watching this uh go ahead and make yourself up a pan galactic gargle blaster it is it is the perfect uh cocktail uh for when you're shooting across space uh with marvin the paranoid android at your side so give one of those a uh, try uh take pictures of it send those into us let us know what you think about uh, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy let us know why we're terrible people for not having read the book yet uh all that stuff you can do it on our social medias it's at drink the movies on instagram and x and threads and facebook.com slash drink the movies uh you can go to our website www.drinkthemovies.com if you want to see pictures of our cocktail uh recipes episode recaps all that good stuff that's uh can be found there on the website and if you want bonus content uh extra episodes uh behind the scenes stuff early access to these episodes you can do that on our patreon patreon.com slash drink the movies we appreciate everyone's support over there it's a great way to support the podcast and get a little bit extra so thank you to everyone who has partaken in that and thank you to everyone who has taken the time to leave us a review michaela where can they do that you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify um anywhere where spotify podcasts are distributed and supported um we are super 
knocked out uh, every day that we get to do this and we couldn't do it without you. So if you're liking what you're hearing, press the subscribe button. If you're really liking what you're hearing, tell your friends, leave a five-star review, uh, share us on all the social medias because uh, it really helps us get drink the movies out there. Absolutely. So that is going to take care of that. Michaela, we said at the top, don't panic. Uh, we didn't panic. We might have panicked a little bit. I don't know. But I think we did okay, though. Um, so let's let's do this. Let's go grab our towel. Let's grab a Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster and let's get out of here. We'll go see if we can find that restaurant on the other end of the galaxy. And we'll talk to everyone next time on Drink, Drink the, movies. the Movies. Huma Kavula? I thought he was swearing. <laughs> so weird looking. Must be Thursdays. I can never get the hang of Thursdays. I've just heard from the other computer and it hates me. So many good lines. I can't There's pick just one. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of good ones.